2: your boy, with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp. All right, we're live.
0: What's up, you guys?
2: Sean Ross Sapp <laughs> here.
0: Managing editor of Fightful.com and FightfulWrestling.com. <laughs> Manage FightfulMMA.com, too, although you wouldn't be able to tell that based on the intro of the show on any given week anymore.
3: <laughs> uh, so our audio listeners... I would love to sit next to an audio listener when they hear that. They're like, oh, What yeah. the hell was that? <laughs> that was a uh that was a video clip showing the uh the litter robot three in action. I sent it to Sean. We incorporated a little bit of images about Sean with his cats to make it fun.
0: And uh, I, I I don't know if I like that my Instagram is now in canon on this show, but there we go. Oh yeah, it's also in there. also uh This might not surprise you guys, but outside of office hours, literally the only thing Jimmy and I talk about are litter boxes at this point. (laughs) Right. The only thing. Yeah, The only thing. The only thing. (laughs) Nothing else ever. Yeah. (laughs) Over the last few weeks, that's all it's been. Sean wanted to talk about Daniel Bryan last night. I said, dude, it's after 6 p.m. Let's just talk about litter boxes. (laughs) Well, to be fair, with the amount that you spent on that litter box and the amount that I am considering spending on one of those litter boxes... I gotta do the research gotta yeah i, I told research. you i've had a bit of a setback i How wish that worked out for you so i wish i understood the the psychology
3: of a cat like i wish i i understood so my cat chooses sometimes to piss in front of the litter box on the floor <laughs> <laughs> is it a big cat
0: uh he's probably 18 pounds sometimes if they don't feel like they're big enough for the litter box or the litter box not big enough for them they will go in front of it okay but then he goes in at other times I don't know. No, well, here, here's my psychological explanation for that. Uh, cats are dicks. Yes. Cats and I, dicks. I feel like
3: he's fucking with me for sure. Oh, yeah. And, and I never know what I'm going to get. So I, I'll go down sometimes in the morning and uh, things are perfectly fine. And then I go down other days and there's a big puddle of piss on the floor. Yep. I never know what I'm going to get. And I don't understand it, man. But uh, aside from that little setback, it's been a glorious, uh, a glorious investment.
0: I should have worked one of those into my deal.
3: <laughs> Buyer's remorse. Next time you want a stupid raise, we'll talk about the Lurebox 3. Hey, there we, like? there we go. There we go. Lots of stuff happened this week, Jimmy. Let me tell you something, Sean. So my uh, the, the list of Jimmy Van right here, mm-hmm. which is my very blatant, fragrant ripoff of Chris Jericho's list of Jericho. <laughs> usually I put my list together here in about an hour. And I usually do it from Monday to Wednesday. That looks like a goddamn book. Well, it's all the different weeks. Yeah, all the different weeks. okay. Combined, yeah. I was gonna say. I didn't do all that in an hour. This is all the different weeks combined. (laughs) But it takes about an hour, and on Monday, I ignorantly, Sean, ignorantly... Oh, no. ...posted on Twitter about... I kind of teased that the the, the primary topic was gonna be the Moolah name change, because I ignorantly thought on Monday nothing would be bigger than that. (laughs) And boy, was I wrong, Sean, you know? So we're doing this on March 21st, and uh, there are now two stories that have surpassed the Moolah name
0: change thing for the week. Yeah.
3: Who could have known that that would
0: happen? Oh, man. I, sometimes that will happen to me. I'll get the Fightful Wrestling Weekly done early, and I'll send it off to the guys at Pro Wrestling Unlimited who do that good video for us. And there have been a couple times when I've had to push some segments back a week that aren't really time sensitive. Right. This, Fortunately, I'd not written the Fightful Wrestling Weekly before yesterday. Mm-hmm. Which drops Friday, by the way, guys, but we got Daniel Bryan stuff, you got Moolah stuff, I had a bunch of interviews this week and more coming. It's been just a slammed week. This has been, uh, I say this a lot, but it keeps happening, the busiest week that I've ever experienced at Fightful, at least in the first two days of it. And that's before that crazy WrestleMania weekend.
3: Yeah, well, let's let's start with Daniel Bryan. So you alluded to something on the post-Smackdown podcast last night, which would have been March 20th. You alluded to the fact that you think that this uh, news, and of course, anybody that's been living under a rock that's a pro wrestling fan, uh, they announced yesterday that Daniel Bryan has been medically cleared to return to entering competition in WWE. It was down to, obviously, WWE's doctor, Dr. Joseph Maroon. Because everybody else had already cleared him in the past. Dr. Maroon was the one that kept on uh, denying him, and this time he's cleared him too. So he's going to return, likely WrestleMania, I think, him and Shane McMahon against Kevin Owens and and Sami Zayn. You alluded on the post-SmackDown podcast that they probably knew for a little while, and I agree with that. And as a matter of fact, um, when the news broke yesterday that he has been cleared... I thought of two things that made me believe that they've known for at least a few weeks. And the, the first thing was uh, the whole Shane, Daniel Bryan storyline on SmackDown. They kind of quietly shifted away from that. And mm-hmm. Daniel wasn't even on SmackDown every week for, yeah. for for the last month or so. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was last weekend he was in Abu Dhabi promoting the Greatest Royal Rumble show. And mm-hmm. he did an interview with a local uh, news outlet there called The National. For the first time that I can ever remember, because he's been asked a hundred times, are you gonna to return to the ring? Are you gonna to return to the ring? And whenever he's asked, he always says, you know, chances aren't very likely, especially not in WWE. That's usually what he says. This was the first time that he said the chances the chances have improved and the odds of returning in WWE are higher than they were. And when yeah. he when he said that, I thought something's going on. Like they they gotta know something. And so I think that they uh, they'd known for a little while, and I think that they released the news uh, yesterday intentionally
0: because they wanted to set up the angle on SmackDown. That's why. Yeah, I mean. they. I have somebody in the chat saying they released that WWE released a video of Daniel Bryan saying he got cleared two days ago. Well, they're not going to say he was cleared uh, back in January, like when they when they first got the word that it's looking very optimistic for Daniel Bryan. Right. I had you know. I had always heard stuff like, Daniel Bryan's trying to get cleared, he thinks that he's going to get cleared, but yeah, that happens all the time for Daniel Bryan. That's been a never-ending deal for him, so when you hear something like that, it doesn't necessarily stand out. Mm. However, they started to hear around, uh, I think, mid-January, mid-late January, and some higher level, I don't want to say independent, but Ring of Honor New Japan names, take your guess who, I were told were kind of clued in on that, like don't count on a don't count on me being there type of thing. I don't know if he told them that explicitly, mm-hmm. but they were kind of informed, and you've seen a shift in some programming accordingly yeah. from New Japan, Ring of Honor, stuff like that. But uh, I, I talked to people at NXT and the PC, and they weren't sure of what was going on, but there were two wrestlers who said that they found out at Raw that he was going to be cleared, and that the, the environment there was jubilant.
3: I mean, so you he... can tell they've been
0: hanging around Vince McMahon using that term.
3: He, he immediately uh, raises the quality of SmackDown instantly. Oh, and, yeah. And I got to say, you know, anybody that caught SmackDown last night, this guy was in a blazer and blue jeans, and he was fire in a blazer oh, and blue jeans. Those drop kicks in the corner, Sean? They were great. <laughs> in a blazer and blue jeans. Like, he was, he was fire, and, uh, and he looked like he's probably, you know, been training. Maybe he's been training throughout for all we know. Over the last two years, but he looked like he didn't miss a step. And uh, mania, this mania card on paper is shaping up to look like one of the best WrestleMania cards they've ever done. And now you can add on top of everything else. Now you can add Daniel Bryan in a tag match on that show. I mean, that's that's a hell of a show. I I'm, think I'm really looking enti- forward to it.
0: I think the entire weekend on paper is the best has has the chance to be one of the best wrestling weekends of all time. Right. But you, even between Janella's show, Matt Riddle's unique show. NXT, Ring of Honor, WWE, and then any of the great stuff that's going to happen in between all that, there's just, whoo boy. And think about some of the fresh matchups now. Now, I,
3: I understand that outside of WWE, Daniel Bryan has wrestled some of these guys before. But yeah. in WWE, now you're going to have Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, you're going to have Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, uh, Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura, all fresh matchups, and they can, they can stagger out a year's worth of programs based on this stuff. Oh, just a ton of stuff.
0: Even the matches that he's had before, they're all fresh now because it's been so long. Not that I want to see Ziggler and Daniel Bryan necessarily. I mean, I I bet bet it would be an awesome match. Yeah, I'm
3: just sick of of Dolph Ziggler.
0: Yeah, there's no chance Dolph Ziggler uh, wins that match. But Mm. The Miz, he's faced The Miz a million times. That will be great. That will be great, right? There's a built-in story there. And Jeff and I were talking on the post-show and we were like, what? Yeah, the SmackDown post-show. And we're discussing what goes on last, because they can't put Reigns on last. No, they won't. They, they couldn't have before. No. They sure as hell can't now, unless right after that, Daniel Bryan walks to the ring and gets in his face. I think Ronda That's Rousey. Ronda Rousey, I think, is the main Yeah, winner. Or I think they, possibly Taker John Cena. I think they have plenty of options. They do. For what can go on last. They uh, do. Plenty of options, plenty of opportunities. Something I realized uh, today, John Cena hasn't lost at WrestleMania since The Rock. Really? Isn't that something? How many years ago was that? I think it was 2000, was it 2012? That long ago already? Yeah. Because he he missed one year. He faced Bray Wyatt, derailed that train. Yeah. Faced Rusev, derailed that train. And then he faced Miz and Maurice, and that that was going to be what it was going to be. Right. He was hurt the one year and did the run-in for The Rock. Yeah. So, interesting. I'm working on a feature right now about... Because uh, I want to load up WrestleMania weekend with unique features and exclusives and stuff like that. That way people get a real glimpse at Fightful. And I'm taking a look at guys who kind of really, literally left it all in the ring at WrestleMania. The Edge's, John or Steve Austin's, uh, The Rock even, who tore his adductor and abdominal and has never had a real match since then. These guys who literally left their careers in the ring at WrestleMania, really excited about that. Very interesting. And one other thing about Daniel
3: Bryan, um, do you think, based on the PR aspect of the concussion thing and all that, do you think that they're going to use him sparringly, kind of like Brock Lesnar, kind of like Ronda Rousey?
0: Because they should. So I've asked about that, and there's no set deal on his his schedule. He can wrestle as much as he wants. He's cleared to wrestle as much as he wants. Yeah. However, how much he wants to wrestle and how much WWE wants him to wrestle, who knows? If they put him— if if he wrestles on one SmackDown a month and one pay per view a month, to me that's fine. I agree, and there may be major house shows like MSG yes. and all that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, major major house shows, house shows in Washington, where, right. where he's from, stuff, international stuff. Yeah, I mean, give him give him that thing. And see, here's the thing: if you remember Kurt Angle, twelve years ago when he left, and he needed to be honest, Kurt Angle, it took him a while to get straightened up, but when he wanted to leave, mm-hmm. uh he needed to be gone for a while because he was living off of painkillers mm-hmm. and they didn't want to do the part-time schedule back then nowadays they are much more accommodating to that and they should be their roster is so big Yep. why wouldn't you be accommodating
3: yeah i mean th- this is why we're able to get wrestlemania cards like what we're gonna have yeah because like, it's gonna 13, be a hell of a card
0: 13 14 good matches good matches I mean, good matches when, yeah when I'm looking at the card and and the show or the match that I'm least excited about is Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal, Bobby Roode. That's a pretty good sign because for all the all the crap I give them, that's that's three names that have been pretty heavily pushed throughout their their WWE careers. Yep, I totally agree. And you mentioned Kurt Angle what about Daniel Bryan, Kurt Angle. There's oh, another
3: one. Like they can do a lot of good stuff. I'm I'm really looking I mean, forward to it. I thought Bryan looked great. Uh, he, he was a little overzealous as you'd expect him to be, you know, cause he was really flying on those drop kicks. I thought he was going to land on his head. The I way did he was flying. I but, did too. But his vertical
0: has never been better. <laughs> and that, that's coming from your boy box jump Jesus. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 Like his, I thought he was going to fly out of the ring. Yeah. Looked he looked
3: great. He looked really good. And I want to mention one side note, uh, just about the greatest Royal Rumble since Daniel Bryan did that interview when he was in Abu Dhabi promoting the greatest Royal Rumble. A um, friend of uh, ours on Twitter, uh, at by Nature YT, he posted a screenshot of a promotional ad that WWE is giving to new subscribers, and it shows that The Greatest Royal Rebel is going to be on the network. They're going to be airing that on the network, which everybody kind of expected anyway, but that's going to be yeah. a fun show.
0: Roman Reigns had confirmed that it was going to have some sort of a broadcast, mm-hmm. and yes, guys, we are doing a post show on that. You damn well better believe it. I don't know if they'll they'll show the entire show or just the Royal Rumble because did you see what they had promoted? Seven for title that? matches, yeah. Woo, hot dog. I mean if you're flying fifty frigging people over there, why not?
3: Right. That's right. Yep. I mean I'm sure they're getting a sweetheart deal and I'm sure it's a paid show. And mm-hmm. uh so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna promote it. And it's probably hey, the first make, of Hey, make that money. Yeah, it's the I first thought of many.
0: That, I mean I had people I, during one of my like booking exercises I did, I think it was Vince Russo. Somebody told me to come up with like a formula and shows ways to keep Raw's Raw's fresh. And I thought that they should have done like a raw rumble towards the middle or end of the year. Like a, even a miniature rumble, something like that to pop a rating, do something different, something special. I mean, you saw what the gauntlet match did that yeah. worked. Oh yeah, that worked so different, different can work. And uh, as we can, as we've seen pro wrestling can hold the uh, attention of the audience these days. Absolutely. I want to mention
3: two more things uh, tied into the Daniel Bryan thing. So the first thing is I saw a lot of wrestlers were posting on Twitter, but, you know, congratulations, congratulations. Seth Rollins posted something interesting. He talked about the science of CTE research and how the Daniel Bryan story, maybe that is going to teach some people some things. Because Daniel Bryan claims that the hyperbaric chamber mm-hmm. is is what healed his brain to the level that it did to allow him to get
0: clear. That's what he believes. Dude, I love technology. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. Like I see all these you see all these UFC fighters especially Francis Ngannou got one look at the UFC's Performance Institute and he said, uh, "Yeah, I'm moving to a different continent. Right. I'm going to come to Las Vegas and make this work for me." So, hey, good good for them and I hope WWE turns their performance center into a I mean they have sort of rehabilitation practices there as well. But go full UFCPI on it. Help out your wrestlers. I mean, wrestlers are wrestling until their mid to late 40s these days. Yep. For sure, yep. Batista other... doesn't want to go into the Hall of Fame, and he's
3: 50. He says he's got more to offer. Yeah, I was going to talk about that later. Thanks for uh, for stealing my thunder. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to mention. So now on the SmackDown brand, this is a question for our listeners on the chat, and this is a question for you, Sean. So now we have Shane McMahon, who stepped down from his on-air executive role, and we have Daniel Bryan, the other on-air executive of SmackDown, who now has been cleared to return to the ring. That's going to leave a hole in terms of an authoritative figure on SmackDown, who do you think is the best fit for that spot? I think it
0: should be Edge and Christian. Together. Together. As a collaborative effort, like even even run a thing where they're asking for advice from Mick Foley backstage or something. Yeah, yeah. That would be funny. I, I think you got to entertain, but mm-hmm. be stern. And I, I look at those guys, and I could see it. And, oh, there's a lot of things you could tie into that, like have wrestlers take jabs at them. Like oh maybe you're hoping for a Daniel Bryan miracle so you all can get back in the ring type <laughs> of thing because look at Christian why'd Christian have to retire mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. Christian get, buddy getting that fucking hyperbaric well they never talked about right the now. severity
3: of his of his case yeah I
0: know
3: you know so who knows so so you think Mike Adamley, no shot that's what you're saying <laughs> next topic Nigel's laughing he doesn't even know the reference. I and don't. But the
2: way you're looking at him, it's like, depending <laughs> so, on how he answers, there may or may not so, be a video made about. He this. was
3: a, he was a uh, a commentator in mainstream sports and pro football. Okay. They brought him in to, the, to be the GM. He was forgetting guys' names on television, all of that. Although I heard that he has uh, what is it now, Sean? Alzheimer's? Who is it, Adamly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got not something. doing too hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. So I uh, think you he know, had it back then. Uh, maybe he did. What did he say? Uh, who, who? What did he call it? Jeff Hardy? He called him something else. Jeff Talk- Harvey. Harvey. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so there used to be a rib on Vince McMahon, one of many, about how when he would get upset or stressed out, he allegedly had a vein in his nose that would throb. <laughs> Have you heard
0: about that? No, I haven't.
3: Yeah. So allegedly, Vince McMahon has like a protruding vein in his nose. And apparently when he would get stressed or mad, it would throb. <laughs> We're doing this on March 21st. I bet you yesterday, March 20th, the vein throbbed in his nose, Sean. I think it did. And the reason that I think it did is because uh, Charlie Ebersole, who directed the 30 for 30 XFL special oh, for ESPN, and who was the son of Dick Ebersall, who was Vince's buddy for 30-plus years that helped get uh, Saturday Night's Main Event on NBC, and he went in on the XFL deal with him and everything. It came out yesterday that Charlie Ebersall is going to be launching a football league that will essentially be competing with the XFL called the Alliance of American Football, or AAF. And here's the thing about it, and here's why that nose vein was throbbing, Sean. Not only is this thing going to be launching a year before the XFL, Mm -hmm. February 9th, 2019, not only do they already have a board of directors made up of NFL personnel, like former NFL personnel, yeah, uh, they actually have a media plan,
0: and what yeah, I mean what, a... <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, go what I was going to
3: say—they have a media plan, and what I mean by that is, uh, uh they have a broadcast deal. They're going to air the first game and the championship game on CBS. They're going to air the weekly games on CBS Sports Network, and they're also going to air games on a mobile app that they're launching. They are so far ahead of where the XFL is, at least publicly, from what we know, and they're going to be launching a full year in advance. How do you possibly spin this as anything but bad news for Mr. Man? How can you possibly put any kind of a positive spin you can't.
0: You can't. No. You can't. Not only no. that, when's the last time we've heard anything about the XFL? Their last tweet was February fourth. Right. Think they got a whiff of that? Yes. And I it wouldn't surprise me
3: because Dick Ebersol is gonna be an advisor for the AAF. And why wouldn't he? I mean his kid is running the league. But Dick and Vince as far as I know are still close. So I wonder if Dick maybe gave him a—, a Yeah,
0: Vince, Vince is very close with Dick.
3: <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if he gave him a heads-up, like, just as a, you know, out of respect, uh, if he gave him a heads-up. Because apparently this has been in the works for a couple of years, but they kept it on the down-low. So I wonder if you gave him just a a cordial heads up about it. There is no way that you can possibly put a positive spin on this for Vince McMahon. He's putting in $100 million of his own money, and now these guys are so far ahead of him. They've got an executive team in place, broadcast uh, broadcast schedule in place. They're going to be going after the same players, Sean, with a year in advance
0: to do it. They will. So let me ask you as a businessman, based on what you know and how far into a business plan that Vince McMahon would be, is it too late for him to just say— Now we're done. He can't. He can't? No. Really? No.
3: Because Vince McMahon is in a position now where, yeah, you got to remember, yes, it's going to be separate from WWE, Yeah. right? Even though he used a lot of the same production staff and everything, it's separate from WWE. You don't want to shake the confidence of your shareholders, I don't think. I think that if he comes out and says, you know what? I was a moron because I didn't know that one of my best friends his son was working on this for two years and I didn't know about it. And now they're coming out a year before me after I did a a grandiose press conference saying I'm gonna spend a hundred million dollars of my own money.
0: So you know what? I'm just gonna fold up shop and tap out. Man. don't, don't think he can do that. As a wise man once said, you gotta know when to hold them. You gotta know when to fold them. And I think Vince should fold them. If anything, become an investor in this deal. That's the- Buy a damn team. Make the team the XFL. Okay, now, the team XFL, for all I care. Have they announced if it's going to be separate owners for the
3: teams? They haven't. Okay, because the XFL wasn't, right? The XFL was going to be all okay. league-owned. So I don't know. But that is... It's
0: dangerous doing that,
3: by the way. Yeah, but that is the only plausible, positive outcome for Ms. McMahon, is if he does what you say. If they try to spin it like a merger, yeah. and if he goes to Dick Ebersall and says, look, they already have... Now, now the AAAF already has tremendous funding. They've got Peter Thiel... Who is the guy that funded Hulk Hogan's lawsuit against Gawker? They've got Barstool Sports, like they already have investment. But yeah. the best possible spin is for Vince to call Dick and say, "What if I just throw money at you guys? I'll go in as an investor." That's the best way to spin it. Um, otherwise, it's 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 going to be a costly thing for Vince McMahon. I mean, maybe they can look at the AAF's first year and look for things that they're not doing right, or look looking for ways that they can improve. But at the end of the day. If you don't have quality players and a decent product on the field, people aren't going to stick around past the first as week. Long as,
0: as long as the NCAA is around, there is not going to be a, a secondary league that is highly profitable, in my opinion. The problem,
3: I, I, the problem, and I actually talked to my buddy Luke, who's a big football guy. I talked to him about this. The best players that don't go to the NFL go to the CFL. Yes. Because the, the CFL can still afford to pay the elite guys seven figures a year. Right? Yep. The AAF and the X F L cannot afford to give guys seven figures a year. That means that the guys that don't go to the NFL, which is tier one, the guys that don't go to the C F L which is tier two, those are the guys are gonna be going after. And now the AAF is gonna have a full year jump on the X F L going after those guys. Mr. Men's gonna end up with Shane and Pads running down the field at this point.
0: <laughs> like it's, and, it's it's not good news. Oh yeah, I just I just don't like I don't like to be honest with you. I don't like the idea of the AAF either. <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't work. Like, okay, if somebody didn't watch the NFL, they're going to watch the NCAA. If they don't want to watch n c w a NCAA, maybe they'll get a hold of CFL. I just don't... Mm. I mean, at least they're trying.
3: I mean, like I said, their big announcement already had a, a, a board, already had a media plan, already had... This one didn't have shit.
0: I mean, the, the Arena Football League is down to, like, four teams right now. Uh, For the love of God, like, it's just... And they they were at least to the point to where they had like video games and stuff at one point and produced some NFL stars right. out of the AFL. I just don't see the point. I am a football fan, man, yeah. but I and have no appetite. I I barely have an appetite for University of Kentucky football in the NCAA. Yep. So I certainly don't have it for anything beyond that. It's gonna be tough. Now one of our listeners, Brett B, he asked this question. Coincidence that Daniel
3: Bryan's return has distracted many from reporting on the XFL story, meaning the AAF story. I think it's complete coincidence. I think that the Daniel Bryan news came out because they wanted to do the angle on SmackDown on Tuesday night. uh, And that's why that broke. And I think it was just coincidental that later in the day the AAF story broke. But uh, It it led to lesser coverage, but it wasn't planned that way,
0: for sure. Right,
3: and it doesn't. It still doesn't take away from the fact that this is just a really bad piece of news for Vince McMahon. There's no. There's no way to.
0: Oh, horrible, horrible news for Vince McMahon. Yeah,
3: yeah. So, we'll see what comes of it, man. Let's see what else should I move on to here? Quick. Okay, the Moolah thing's going to take some time. We'll do that after the break. So let's talk about five-star wrestling for a second. Yeah so uh, UK promotion. I thought they had decent funding because I've seen a little bit of video footage before and I've seen images before. They have a ni- nice looking rings, they have nice looking production, good lighting. they brought in guys like Jack Swagger to be their champion. Uh, they announced on March 20th on Twitter that their parent company Pro Wrestling UK Limited, which I think was uh, they did retail sales I think in the UK. They are shutting down, and so Five Star Wrestling has essentially
0: lost their funding, and they're closing down too. You think that million dollar offer to CM Punk is still on the table? <laughs> uh, Punk probably made a wise
3: decision. He probably did. It was probably totally gonna be a like a Simpsons episode where they had a toilet paper roll of stock on the wall. Yes. You know, and Punk was just going to get that stock rolling off when it was time to pay him.
0: Yes. So probably exactly. probably a wise decision so as it pertains to that, I hope nobody that was working that i don't I can't imagine anybody that was that was with five star had like full time job doing so, but hate to see anybody lose that on income. That's a bummer but and again, it wasn't a nickel and dime promotion because their stuff nah. look
3: good like the rings and the and the lighting and yes, production look good, so they put some money behind it but I think I, they'll I, think they'll liquidate that, get rid of all that stuff, or do you think they'll hang on to it? No, they'll get—I mean, it looks like Pro Wrestling UK is filing uh, for bankruptcy, Uh so they're going to have to liquidate
0: it. Wow. They'll have to. Yeah, it's a bummer because wrestling's hot in the UK right now, too, especially those indie events. Man, I mean, I know a lot of the people I talk to are getting good offers to come over to the UK, do tours. I know that promoters collaborate with one another to help— pay for trans and stuff on that to get guys over for for big tours so that's unfortunate i I just hate to see anybody with less places to work and they seemed like they treated their wrestlers at least well in the pay regard but i know they had a big mess with their tournament and all that stuff that they had planned and yeah the cm punk offer i don't know i mean it got them some publicity but was it the right was it the right kind of publicity didn't they scrap the tournament in the end
3: Yes. I thought so, and and I think they used Punk because Business was not looking good for that tournament, right? That's why they tried the Punk offer.
0: I believe so. Yeah,
3: yeah. Knowing he was never going to take it, and knowing
0: that it was never a legitimate offer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who it's looking good for right now. New Japan Pro Wrestling, who, before they even announced anything, had sold out Long Beach. Here we are just a few days away from the show, Strong Style Evolved, on Sunday, and they only have three matches announced. I'll give you all a little inside baseball here. I, br- I talk about it in the weekly. Access like had to wait until this week before they offered me interviews because they're like, we don't know who's going to be on the card. So the first two guys that they offered me were Hangman Page and Jay White. I spoke to Hangman Page, who uh, spoke about Jay White's spurning Bullet Club, being the elite, and a lot more. Check out this clip. There is a, a bit of a marriage between Ring of Honor and New Japan and between New Japan Cup this week Strong Style Evolved, there's Sakura Genesis, there's Supercard. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on with Ring of Honor, and of course Ring of Honor just launched their own streaming service. Uh, where do you see that relationship going in 2018, especially considering that New Japan is making their presence felt in America as well?
2: Um, you know, I don't see anything but good things coming of it. Um, there's, there's more wrestling than there has been in a long time. There are more places for people to work. I'm sure there are more wrestlers making a living wrestling outside of the machine now than there ever have been. Um, so that's good. Uh, you know, I think Ring of Honor and New Japan, they, they co-promote. They do things together. I think they also have a bit of a friendly competition. Um, but nothing but good things come out of that kind of competition. And I, I want to see this, you know, relationship continue the way it is going.
0: What are the odds of us seeing a hangman page against Big Hog? James Ellsworth in the near future. Uh, huh. Phew, I have no idea. Uh, no, that, that'll don't throw a wrench not, into not. you and Joey Ryan if the big hog shows up. You know, up. is is he is he well known for for that? Uh, according to Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack. Wow, well, I was
2: I was unaware. You oh know,
0: boy, uh, you got you got to uh, look that up.
2: Yes, us. Uh, you know, us uh, well endowed guys. We're we're a small we're a small circle of people. You know, we're all kind of aware of each other. But um, you know, I didn't really know that. Uh, maybe that's something. Maybe that's something that'll happen down the line. Maybe not. I don't know.
0: That very well may have contributed to that show actually getting canceled. Was Daniel Bryan bringing up stuff like that on the air? So when do you uh, when do you head out for the show? Have you already gotten there? Or are you flying out
2: later this week? How does that work? Yeah, I'm heading out uh West Coast Saturday morning. We've got a press conference Saturday. Uh and then I'll be there Saturday to kind of, you know, get get myself together and Sunday's the show, eight o'clock.
0: Definitely. Anything else that you're looking forward to on that show? Obviously there there are other matches that are pertinent to your career on that card.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, um it doesn't you know, it doesn't take a lot it doesn't take a genius to figure <laughs> out that uh Honestly, I'd be interested in Young Bucks versus Kenny and Ibushi, you know. Um, This is something that's kind of been, you know, boiling for a long time. You know, these guys have been friends with Kenny for longer than I've known them. Um, So this one should be interesting. I honestly have no idea how it's going to play out. Um, But it'll be certainly something to watch.
0: Final question. Is Barry the Bear excommunicated from Bullet Club for good?
2: Yeah, Burry is done, man. I was a really big fan of very drug-free bear but um you know now that we know who was under the the costume man he's out he's done uh he's done um i think cody recently you know i think this will air on on ring of honor tv but uh cody debuted uh bernard the business bear which i think is you know maybe a better direction to go honestly and he's he's been a huge help already he's you know he's really popular with everybody backstage he's Very professional, very well put together. And he's the kind of guy you want in your locker
0: room. Well, Adam, I want to thank you so much. Definitely encourage everybody to check out Strong Style Evolved on Access Sunday night. Adam, thank you.
2: All right, we're back.
0: Just a little background for those who are unfamiliar, as Jimmy Van was. On Being the Elite, Adam Hangman Page and Joey Ryan have a feud over whose penis is real and who is the penis pretender. And I was a little almost offended, Jimmy. That he wasn't aware of the legend of Hogsworth. I'm almost offended that you brought that up in the interview. Why? Because okay, Sean. I had ten minutes with the guy. <laughs> I had to get it.
3: Let me let me tell you something. When a grown, married, heterosexual man <laughs> yeah. feels the need to talk about to be a pro- so
0: comfortable re- <laughs> with himself, yeah, that feels he asks the need a legitimate question. This is guiding hangman pages career right now nigel Sarah marshal me
2: all right right, will do
0: oh shit you're not ready for it booshy, booshy, oh booshy, booshy, you booshy. tried to hit him hit me with the boo shit boo shit boo shit didn't you you got it
3: in you got it sir marshal me again nigel all
2: right
0: booshy,
3: booshy, booshy, mm. booshy. there you go there you go yeah i think you definitely need to see a, a specialist of some sort and uh <laughs> lay down on a couch and have a conversation sean you know what's it's, it's not I healthy see? it's not healthy you know
0: what specialist i see is that my direct deposit on the fifteenth and the thirtieth, my friend. That's good. Yeah, that's
3: good. Boy, I could go in so many directions with that. But instead, uh, I get
0: paid to ask
3: the, the tough questions, the the hard questions, if you will. Well, like I was telling Nigel off the air, they they, <laughs> they, they, they do call Paige the Hangman, so I guess that whole thing makes sense. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on and talk about the Moolah name change now. I'm going to say, and everybody knows the story, so I don't need to go into the whole thing. But the first thing I want to say is, in Moola's defense, because she has passed on and can't defend, you know, the allegations and her reputation and everything. In her defense, three of her former students, Joyce Grable, Peggy Lee Leather, and Leilani Kai, they all came out, did interviews, and defended her and said that prostitution never occurred with any of them. They're not aware of any of it. They never saw, and they never experienced any of it. I feel the need to explain that. Um, Now let's go into this thing because, once again, WWE, and in this case Stephanie McMahon, because she is the chief branding officer, uh, they once again irritated me with their ability to insult the intelligence of their audience over and over and over and over again. And it really pisses me off. Uh, On March 15th, um, it was announced that they're renaming the Battle Royal the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Okay. Last week, March fifteenth, Stephanie McMahon on her Twitter on March sixteenth wrote this this comment: "Thank you, WWE Universe, for using your voice. What remains most important is that the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal will be a historic match, and as part of WWE's unwavering commitment to our women's division." Sarah Marshall, me, Nigel. All right. Then on March sixteenth, Stephanie was promoting Mania next year in New York, New Jersey. And as part of that, PW Insider was able to ask her about the Moolah thing, and here is what she told PW Insider: "Quote: I love that the WWE audience express their opinions, whether they are positive or negative. I think that it is our responsibility to listen to our audience and do our best to give them what they want." Sarah Marshall, me Nigel.
0: Bullshit, 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 bullshit.
3: That whole thing. With with Stephanie McMahon saying, our audience has a powerful voice, and it's important that we take responsibility, and it's important that we listen to them, that is a complete fallacy, that is completely erroneous, and that is complete and utter horseshit. It is complete and utter horseshit. And I'm going to tell you what really happened, and I know that everybody probably already knows, but I'm just going to go over
0: it. Last Monday— Since since your boy broke the story, they do.
3: That's good. Last Monday, (laughs) they announced— The Battle Royal, talking last week, Monday, they announced the Battle Royal, and they announced that the Fabulous Moolah is going to be named after her, and they did a nice video package for it, right? That was last Monday. When they did that, the backlash started, and everybody yeah. was posting all over their social media. And Stephanie was posting all her bullshit. And everybody was, was commenting, change the name, change the name, change the name. And guys like David Bixenspan, who in the past wrote articles about the fabulous Moolah, his articles were resurfacing. And other articles were resurfacing. And everybody was saying, change the name. Right into Tuesday night, the negative backlash was occurring. How did WWE respond to all that negative backlash between Monday night and Tuesday night? They aired the same video package again on SmackDown. They announced again that it's going to be the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. They changed nothing. All right? They changed nothing. Going into Wednesday, the negative backlash continued. WWE continued to do nothing. Then, last Thursday, March 15th, Mars Wrigley, which is the parent company of Snickers, and Snickers, of course, is the presenting sponsor for uh, WrestleMania, they issued a statement. And this is the statement. We were recently made aware of the World Wrestling Entertainment Inc.'s decision to honor a former wrestler during the upcoming WrestleMania 34 event. As a principle-based business that has long championed creating inclusive environments that encourage and empower everyone to reach their full potential, this is unacceptable. We're engaging with the WWE to express our disappointment. That same day, Thursday, March 15th, after that statement was released by Snickers, that's when WWE announced that they're changing the name. Uh, And so to me, it really kind of irritates me when Stephanie McMahon, who we know is the queen of disingenuous comments anyway, it irritates me when they post bullshit claiming, you know, we have to be responsible, listen to our audience, our audience has a voice, it's powerful, thank you for speaking up, blah, blah, blah. It irritates me when they say stuff like that because we know you're full of shit. And we know that if Mars Wrigley had not contacted WWE last Thursday and said this is unacceptable, they wouldn't have changed it.
0: Thousands of calls, emails, messages, tweets Right. That Snickers got. Right. Thousands, I'm told now. Right. And I was told early Thursday that Snickers was very unhappy at their parent company. Who the hell ever? I had somebody say, Mars Mars what you mean, Mars? I'm like, <laughs> shit? Snickers was unhappy. <laughs> they were very unhappy about the situation. As yeah. it pertains to the women that are coming to Moolah's defense, um, Joyce Grable. Oh, my God. There's that one guy who was interviewing her. And he very clearly led her, and boy, did she sound like an oaf.
2: Well, they're dead. How could they say
0: anything? <laughs> I don't know. And She's if anybody, from the South. They were all if, from North Carolina. Come on now. Carolina. I'm from the South. Cut that shit That's out. That's right. That's and right. And then she said, if anybody was going to get pimped, it was going to be me. <laughs> I was the pretty one. And I'm thinking, that's not exactly how it always works. Wait a like, second. Are you
3: telling me Uncle Elmer trained with the fabulous mullah? Because that's who you're in- imitating right
0: now. It sounds like. No, that I, I was dead on. Joy. I've done some <laughs> voice work in my day. That was a dead yeah. on Joyce paper. Joyce Green. And I'm not disrespecting the woman. I'm saying what she. They're dead. How could they say anything? I don't know. Maybe when they were fucking alive. <laughs> first off, how about Moolah's own daughter at age fifteen? turning in Moolah for forcing her to wrestle weeks after an appendectomy for no money. Yeah, can see no that. money. And there there was one woman that said, um, said <sighs> yeah, she was a shrewd, shrewd businesswoman, but I didn't see any of that. Now, a lot of the accusations came from the 50s and 60s. Uh, Mad Maxine's came a little later in the 80s. But most of these women, Leilani Kai, people like that, they started in the 80s you had Luna Vashan and when i spoke to people like that they say i got almost universally this reaction luna vashan didn't need to lie to anybody because what's somebody going to say to luna vashan mm-hmm. what she never cared about anything you yeah. think she's going to make something like that up just to do it needed to get ahead in the business no she was born into the business so i do i have evidence one way or another no i have the claims of women and their families, stuff like that. Not not everybody's gonna have that, but I mean, you also hear stories about how uh, she would run <laughs> she would run these conventions for a wrestler's retirement home. And I actually I heard Jim Cornette talk about it, and he said, "Yeah, I bet that wrestler's retirement home was conveniently located on Moolah Drive mm. as well, because she would take wrestlers in. She had uh, living facilities, mm. all kinds of stuff." And I had that same person, our, our our weekday editor, Pat Fannin, was saying to argue with the guy who did the interview with Joyce Grable, and he said, "Isn't it innocent before proven guilty?" And Pat said, "Yeah, but that doesn't apply to when you have a battle royal named after you. Mm. Like, there is, we're not going to exhume Mula and put her in Alcatraz. That's not that's not <laughs> the not the idea here. I mean, we the- don't need to." The the, yeah. the reason,
3: again, that I brought this whole thing up wasn't because I wanted to condemn Moolah. Because, yeah. like we talked about last week, Vince man is going to glorify whoever he wants to glorify. And I know, oh, that, yeah. I know that some of our listeners last week, they mistook what I said to think that I was defending Moolah's actions. I was not defending Moolah's actions. All I was saying was, to me, it wasn't controversial that they picked her name because they glorify who they want to glorify. My point this week is that for WWE to claim, and for Stephanie McMahon to claim that they made the change because they listened to their fan base is insulting, because it's bullshit. Sarah Marshall me.
0: Bullshit, 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 bullshit.
3: It's bullshit. They made the change because Snickers told them to, and again, if Snickers hadn't to send anything, today, March 21st, it would still be the fabulous Mullen yeah. Memorial Battle Royal, and that's fucking
0: bullshit that they try to think that we listened to our fans because you didn't, and that's a fact. I, I had this in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, drops every Friday morning. Multiple people went to Vince McMahon and said this was going to be a bad idea, and one of one person I was told straight up said, you shouldn't do this. You're going to get blowback on social media. Another person said to me, it's funny that Vince has us push social media so much because he doesn't understand the ramifications that some of these decisions can get from social media. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, people knew it was a bad idea. A lot of the women and a lot of the wrestlers had no idea about the moolah stuff. Oh, they wouldn't. They're I'll, from a different generation. Mm, yeah. Right? And, well, I mean, the younger wrestlers seem to know more than some of the older wrestlers. From the internet. Because there there were people, yeah, exactly. Because there were people that had worked with her before. When I asked them, they didn't know. They I mean, when, like, I, really? when I
3: watched the, did you see the WWE 24 special about the Women's Royal Rumble on the network? You better
0: believe they scrubbed her from that real no, quick. No, but,
3: yeah, but that, that wasn't my point. So, watching that and seeing all of the current roster when Trish Stratus came in. Mm-hmm. And all of them were like, "Oh my god!" Because that is who the current roster knows. Current roster well, doesn't have a clue. Stratus
0: was a much better wrestler than Moolah. Oh, too. of course, Mool- but the, Moolah I'm, in the ring sucks. Sure, but that's who they know, right? So they don't have a clue about the fabulous Moolah at all. I mean, my god, when you got a woman like Mildred Burke and all the stuff that she went through in her life, mm. and you've got it there, and uh, she's just right there, and she is one of the most compelling really untold stories in professional wrestling. Mildred Burke was legit. She Mm -hmm. was a badass woman. That's who it should have been named after. I would have liked Sherry, but I was told that WWE didn't even really give any consideration to another name because they wanted to avoid the possibility of any more covers pulled. Because if you don't name it after anybody, you can't really have that happen. Why didn't they call it the Trish Stratus Battle Royal? you, You just never know. She might be the greatest ever she was i i love trish stratus i think that it would have been much better that's, that's another thing like mula owned the belt yeah she did she owned the belt she did and she trained women poorly on purpose so they wouldn't show her up and they couldn't branch out without her and if they did oftentimes they got blackballed from wrestling yeah well let's move on i
3: did a little uh research on the google this morning well did you and the reason I did a little research on the Google, Sean, I wanted to get an idea for what kind of conviction you would get for assaulting a U.S. marshal. Oh, boy. Now, How about
0: dislocating one's jaw?
3: Yeah, and, and I'll mention that in a minute. So um, on Monday night, when Raw was going on, who, who was manning our Fightful Twitter account on Monday night? Kyler James. Kyler was, Okay. So on Monday night, um, Brett B., one of our listeners, uh, posted on Twitter, not sure beating up cops was a great storyline idea for a babyface, talking about Roman Reigns. Uh, Kyler, I guess, because he managed our Twitter, he said, works for Austin. Now, I wanted to comment on that first because, to my recollection, Steve Austin didn't assault police as part of the storylines. He assaulted security guards. And the times that I remember police getting involved, the one that comes to mind right away is the first time that he dropped a stunner on Vince at MSG, right? Right. The cops ran in, you know, the cops ran in, and Steve willingly let them arrest him, right? He, ju- he he trash-talked and everything, but he willingly let them arrest him. I can't remember. Now, granted, a lot happened when you're doing a wrestling show every, every Monday night for X number of years. Maybe Steve did at some point assault a police officer, but to my recollection, it was always security guards. I cannot recall ever somebody laying out three U.S. marshals. As part of a television storyline. I can't line. remember them
0: integrating U.S. Marshals into a storyline. Right,
3: right. And I thought to myself, you know, I realize they're trying to go the stone-cold route now with Roman a little bit. Um, but to me, like we've talked about, I really like pro wrestling when I can suspend my disbelief. And it's tough for me to do that when Roman Reigns is elbowing a U.S. Marshal in the jaw, assaulting three guys, lay, laying him leaving in the ring, or leaving him laying in the ring. And guaranteed he's going to be on Raw next Monday, Sean. So that, that to me is kind of ludicrous. Um, one thing, and you just touched upon it, so one of those U.S. Marshals was an independent wrestler named Christopher Hayden, and he posted on Twitter that his jaw was uh, legitimately dislocated during that scuffle in the ring with Roman Reigns. I'm guessing he's the one that took the back elbow?
0: Yeah, WWE's going to have to take care of him.
3: Oh yeah, they better take care of him, for sure. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. But anyway, to, to, to get back to my uh, research with the Google... Uh, I saw stories where guys got anywhere from one year to two years to six years in federal prison for assaulting a U.S. marshal. And so kudos to Roman Reigns that he has such a great legal team that he'll be back in the ring on Raw next
0: Monday. Yeah, Kurt Angle needs to say, do you know how much money it costs us to get you out of that? And as Rob points out on on our chat, funny how Roman was suspended and came out in his ring gear, which is hilarious because his ring gear looks stupid anyway, that... They, they want that silhouette of him to be the Jordan symbol so bad, but it's not. It maybe,
3: maybe he's like Steve Jobs or like Charlie Brown, and he wears the same thing all the time.
1: And
0: Rob also says, I think it was a riot squad that Steve Austin attacked. I'm sure there's something where he attacked a cop. might Hit been. us up on Twitter and let us know. Yeah, there might have been. I mean, again, when you're doing
3: that much TV, it might have happened at some point. But I can't recall U.S. Marshals, which is a federal offense to assault. Getting uh, getting laid out by Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, so okay, Sean,
0: why why couldn't you have just called it something else? Security
3: guards. Yeah, they've done it so many times. You just Nobody have security gives guards. gives a damn about security no guards. No one gives a damn about security guards. Exactly. Top That's all they had security. to do. That's all they had to do. The reason yeah. I think they went with cops is because they wanted a reason to have them in handcuffs. Because security guards wouldn't have handcuffs, and they wanted them in handcuffs to make Brock look, look like a heel when you he ran out and jumped him with the handcuffs sure. on. Uh, but what about like you know the zip tags, zip ties? Yeah, the security guards can have
0: those. They could have done I that. I don't think they're allowed to detain people with them. I think they can, can't they? I don't know. I guess we'd have to look into the legality of the whole thing. No security guard I ever will meet will detain me with zip ties. I mean, <laughs> don't they? Don't they do the
3: whole citizens arrest thing? I mean, that can happen too. So maybe I don't
0: I'm... think I don't know if that's even a real thing.
3: <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> So on Monday night, Sean, while all the other stuff was going on, my wife, so I have a man cave at my house, Mm -hmm. and I tend to like to watch my wrestling when I get the opportunity in the man cave. My wife comes down to the man cave at around, I don't know, 10.55 p.m. or so, close to 11 p.m., and she said uh, two things. First, she said, whoever proved this should be fired. Then she said, my dad, because my in-laws are visiting right now, she said, my dad is upstairs getting
0: frustrated trying to watch this. She was talking you, to... you should send your wife to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Uh-huh. Point her towards the middle of the page and order her the You Have Opinionated Wrongfully t-shirt. Make sure she gets the soft style, smooth as butter. So that means that you really enjoyed Ultimate Deletion. I didn't like it as much as the TNA ones, but I thought it was fun. So I thought that the first thing I thought when I watched it
3: was... Somebody actually produced this. Yeah. Because the Matt Hardy ones, the TNA ones was all Matt Hardy. And with all due respect to Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy is not exactly, who's the guy that just won the Oscar for the uh, The shape of water? Nigel knows this stuff.
2: You're talking about for best picture?
3: Yeah. The director. Del Toro. Del Toro. Matt Hardy is not exactly Del Toro. And, and so when I was watching the ultimate deletion, it was very clearly toned down. There were no volcanoes. There were, there were none of that nonsense. And that The, part the of it, fireworks were subdued as well, although he did try to murder a man with a lawnmower. Yes, yes. That came out of Misery, the book. I knew that one, Nigel, because I read that. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely toned down from the TNA ones. They very clearly had a real producer oversee it. But it was still campy to me. It's, I, I I'm not a fan of it. I don't enjoy it. The one thing that came out of it that I did like is that I feel like this could be a fresh start for Bray Wyatt.
0: Yeah. That's the one thing I got
1: Literally. out of it.
0: Yeah, He got thrown in the Lake of Reincarnation. They couldn't find him. And they couldn't find I, him. Exactly. I, I also said if they were to debut the Sister Abigail alter ego, this would have been the only environment to do it in. They the could do it, but one. then who's he going to feud with then? Like, Sister Abigail? I mean, nobody. Nobody. Just have it within the, within the broken universe. It's supposed to be campy. It's supposed to be so bad it's good. I interviewed Matt shortly before this happened, and he kind of laid it all out to me. And this was years ago. Yeah, And when he's telling me, I'm like... You're out of your goddamn mind, yep. Matt. Yeah. Cause when he before he got to WWE, I talked to him quite a bit and then it unfolded and I messaged him and I was like, I get it. I see what you're doing. It's the thing is, before that, who was talking about Matt and Jeff Hardy for this five, six months before that, after the after their initial buzz died down? Nobody. WWE wanted to bring them back as teen heartthrobs as forty years old, forty yep. year old men. And they did. Like they did. Yeah. They certainly did. Yep. And Matt pushed really hard, really, really hard. And then finally, Vince got pissed off enough at Ed Nordholm to say, "Oh yeah, pal, eat shit. We're taking it." I think that I think that it was probably agreed from the start that they would do the character.
3: I think yeah. because even at WrestleMania last year, Matt was doing the mannerisms and stuff. So I, I think it was known, but I think they had to wait on the IP in order to go full, full, full yeah. blown. With well, it. then
0: but...
3: eventually Vince McMahon just debowed it. He's like, my IP, punk. I mean, what did I tell you when it first came up? I told you if I'm a man, I'm saying sue me because I know you don't have the resources, yeah. right? So Exactly. It's...
0: If you're laying off John Pollock, uh, sorry, John Pollock and Robin Black, you ain't got the resources exactly. to sue anybody. Exactly. Let's, do, uh, let's go to Stupid People.
2: This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong.
3: Okay, so let's start with an honorable mention. First, oh yeah, Trevor Strong, thanks for the usage of the song. <laughs> Got that this week. I want to start with an honorable mention, uh, because this one was just sent to me before he we went on the air. This is from Andrew Monahan, one of our listeners, and uh, it was reported by the Seattle Patch. Nigel, can you put that Seattle
2: screener up? Oh, yeah, I really
3: can. Our video guys can see this, our audio guys can't. The Seattle Zoo. And what I loved about this story the most, Sean, is that, You have to enter a lottery to earn the chance to buy this product. You can't just buy this product. You have to earn the right via lottery to buy this product. The Seattle Zoo Zoo is giving people the chance to enter, to buy a gallon of animal shit to use as fertilizer. I guess the, and they're calling it Zoodoo. It's the Zoodoo event. Uh, I guess the reason that this thing is supposed to be uh, interesting is because they're using uh, animals such as mountain goats and giraffes. They're using their their poop, and again, you can't just go there and buy it outright. You have to enter a lottery for the chance to buy it, not for the chance to win it. Nigel, you have to enter a lottery for the chance to purchase animal shit at the Seattle Zoo. That is, that
2: is okay. Amazing. So, go ahead, Nigel. Finish little... your thought. Finish your thought, no, I, Nigel. I, 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 I'm speechless. <laughs> I, I just want
0: to say. I just want to say. All right, being around you, I've become more of a businessman, for oh, better really? or for worse. Have you really? We've teased a premium service that we'll be launching very soon, and what, what do we do? We look at competitors. What are people? what are people paying for? We need to make sure that we have something we're paying for. Did these people not use the Google? Did they not find poopsenders.com? I can go on poopsenders.com and get a quart of gorilla poop for 1995 right now. I actually get- thought, Sean, that the direction <laughs> yeah. that you were going, I thought that you were
3: going to say that the premium service is going to offer a can of Sean Ross Sapp poop.
0: Well, <laughs> that's where I thought you were you, going. To be honest with you, it might be complete elephant shit that we have on that service. Didn't it sound
3: that like is, he was saying that?
2: I, I thought he was working his way. I thought you, you were that.
0: like, you're going to be able to get
3: Sean Ross Sapp shit as part of the premium. <laughs> you know what? If they paid enough,
0: maybe. Maybe. You <laughs> or maybe know. from his cats, Nigel. Oh, oh that's boy. true. You're SRS me. cat shit. Yeah. Well, not if I get that hefty litter box that i'm that i'm after I mean, my the shit, god this shit's got to go somewhere sean well here's the thing i've got like six or seven litter boxes in this house because you're supposed to have like one for each cat uh-huh. but my my line of thinking with that is cats generally don't want to use the litter box because it's dirty uh-huh. but if you got the self-cleaning one would that replace multiple litter boxes not I, seven it's not, not seven. gonna do that's that damn sure no that's for damn maybe, sure maybe a couple uh, Shout-outs to Vape Ross Vape for the YouTube donation.
3: <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to the first, uh, I guess technically it's kind of the second stupid people news story. This was reported by NDTV on March 20th. And we actually have some video footage for our video uh, uh, viewers for this one. So police in Lancashire, England pulled over a car on a highway on March 18th for a very obvious reason. Had a very obvious problem. Now, did you put up that first photo.
2: You want the photo or the video? The photo oh sure yeah uh
3: the vehicle was missing its front left tire oh yeah that's a thing tire was actually gone and the only thing that was there was a shattered wheel hub now here is uh the best part the driver was pulled over by the police had no idea why he was being pulled over oh my god were they messed up uh they didn't say that they were messed up they just said that they were unaware that there was a problem with the car and uh, now they're facing numerous charges in court. Yahoo News actually posted a video clip. So somebody, I guess, had passed the car on the highway, pulled over to the side, grabbed their phone, and then recorded the car as it drove by them. And Yahoo News posted the video clip, and I want to put that up so that people can see that this actually happened, driving without a left front tire.
0: seeing it oh man you can tell oh yeah yeah rough
3: what's the offense if you have a broken tail light or something because maybe it's something along those lines
2: like isn't it actually for like a broken tail light? and then they yeah, I mean, just, just... like there's just certain things that yeah but the police yeah. will pull you over for that yeah my uh my brother went down to uh laurie i think for saint patrick's day on the weekend mm-hmm. and they got pulled over by the cops and the charge uh, they charged his friend who was driving for a dirty license plate
3: i've heard of that too i've heard of that too <laughs> What did he get for that? I, like a fine of some sort? Yeah, he had to pay like $400. $400. Yeah. yeah. Tell him to get some yeah. OxyClean or Windex or something. That just seems like an outrageous charge for him. Oh, them. that is
0: outrageous. That is outrageous. Kyler says, I can't even imagine driving my wheelchair without a left tire. <laughs> no,
3: like nothing. <laughs> nothing without the left tire. It's true. Now, Sean, uh, I did you a favor this week. Yeah. Uh, so did there you? there was a week when I didn't have anything for the Sean Ross SAP file. Right. What a terrible week that was! It was a terrible week. So if you include the one about the zoo poop, yeah, I got three for the Sean Sap file this week. Hit me with them because I wanted to. I wanted to make up for the lost week, you know. So I went. I just went full on this week, Sean. This next one was originally reported by Vogue Australia, but they actually pulled the quotes. Probably due due to embarrassment or something. They actually pulled the quotes. <laughs> But the Daily Mail uh, posted the story on March 14th. So do you know who Kate Blanchett is?
0: Yeah, I do. I know her mainly because of an email from uh, Channing Tatum. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you that story here in a moment. That's so not where I thought we were going with that question. A simple yes would have sufficed. <laughs> yeah. have you, did you, you never saw that, that leaked email from Channing Tatum? No. From Sony? Sony had a bunch of their emails... Yeah. Leaked. And uh one of one of the emails was touting the success of like twenty one jump street or twenty two jump street. Okay. And in the movie, Channing Tatum confuses carte blanche with Kate Blanchett. Okay. So when they touted the success, Channing Tatum, movie star, replies exactly how you would think Ha 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 ha. LOL, Kate Blanchett on all your asses. Okay. Didn't they go. work together on like a Thor
3: movie or something? I'm sure. Yeah, I thought they I'm did. Sure. So anyway, Kate Blanchett was in Sydney promoting a new fragrance by Giorgio Armani uh, because she's one of the spokesperson people for it or something. And Vogue Australia talked to her and was asking her about her beauty, beauty regimen. Mm-hmm. And Kate Blanchett told Vogue Australia that her and Sandra Bullock go to New York and they see a facialist by the name of Georgia Louise. And they said that they get a treatment done called the Hollywood EGF facial. And I looked up the Hollywood – and Nigel's nodding. So do you somehow know what the hell this is? No, I just – I'm just
2: adamantly awaiting okay, the, you're the waiting. culmination of this okay, story. Okay, okay, okay.
3: <laughs> All right. So the Hollywood EGF facial – and if you Google Georgia Louise New York, you'll find it. The Hollywood EGF facial.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not Googling facials.
3: Yeah, not. Well, this and this is close to what you're thinking, Sean it's close to what you're thinking so that particular facial features a special serum derived from the foreskin of korean newborn babies
0: now jimmy (laughs) about a year i want to know how
3: they get the foreskins from the korean (laughs) newborn babies
0: first off (laughs) when when how old's your child now my son is almost 10 months old almost 10 months so it's been about Nine and a half months since we had the circumcision. Circumcision, yeah, about that. Little did you know, man. That now,
3: yeah, the Cape, he well, was Korean. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, the Korean it. thing's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> My but, God. Uh, now here's the best part, and this this again ties into what you kind of suggested in the Vogue Australia article that they have since pulled the comments from. Kate Blanchett referred to it as a penis facial.
2: Oh God. Man, how
0: do, this sometimes they're so good like I don't even have a retort. No. Because it's like what more can I say that Kate Blanchett didn't say? I'd like to know what
3: happened in the boardroom when they had the meeting and decided to utilize the foreskin from Korean newborns in a serum <laughs> for a facial.
0: Well, pretty pretty soon Snickers is going to step in and be like, "No more of this shit." <laughs> <laughs> Well, to save the day. This last one, Sean.
3: You know that video game lovers can be pretty hardcore, right? Yeah. And they can be pretty passionate about their, their game of choice. So, this was reported by AVClub.com on March 16th. Nintendo announced that they're going to be releasing a title called Mario Tennis Aces on June 22nd for the Nintendo Switch. All right? Yeah. As part of the uh, promotion for the release, they released screenshots of various characters. Uh, In new, breathable athletic gear. Because obviously things have changed with graphics now and and higher resolution. So the the players in the game are actually going to be able to wear tennis-like athletic gear. Okay, One of the characters in the game and one of the pictures that they release is of Luigi. Who's obviously famous for Mario Brothers. Nigel, put up that photo for our our video people. Got the photo on the screen that, that Nintendo released. That picture caused Nintendo fans and Mario fans to go nuts claiming that Nintendo finally revealed after 30 years that Luigi has a dick. (laughs) And video game fans actually looked at this picture and all they could think of was that Luigi's got a package. Right? There was a guy on Tumblr. And what's the guy's name? I didn't write it down here. There's a guy on Tumblr. He went so far as to use mathematics In order to determine the size of Luigi's penis, Nigel, put up that photo. I guess his name is 428. The guy's on Tumblr, his username is 428. And he actually used math.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say. You just saw the image. I graduated 15 years ago. I yes. have not used Pascal's triangle one time. I have not used the Pythagorean theorem one time. Mm-hmm. I've never been at the store and said, "God damn it, is this watermelon a rhombus? Is it? I don't know what it is." This is about as much math as I would ever use in my life, right? He here.
3: he determined through his calculations that Luigi's penis is 3.7 inches flaccid. <laughs> oh. Uh, How much time do you have on your hands when, number one, you look at a photo of a cartoon character, a video game character, you know, recognize they got a penis? He looks
0: like Joey Ryan. Luigi looks like Joey Ryan. So, uh... uh I'm, buying that game, by the way. I'm a Mario Tennis fan. I had a Virtual Boy, one of the worst video game systems ever. It was like red and, and black, they, right? Yeah, it was did terrible. You, did you did you had you puke to...
2: while you are playing it? No,
0: I never did, but I would get those warnings. Hey, you've been playing this game for 12 and a half minutes. Stop right. or You're going to go balling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oreo Tennis was really the only game worth a shit on that system that, that I had. I only had a couple. But there, there are not a lot of, at least that I know of, big tennis games on the PS4. And I'm not a tennis player, but I like tennis video games. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of fun. Well, there you go. Now you can get that one so you can
3: check out Luigi's package. Hot damn. So let me ask you this question, Sean. Did you ever think, you know how valuable The Undertaker is to WWE and you know about the longevity of their relationship, you know, that Vincent Mann and Taker are very tight and everything, right? Sure. Did you ever think that you would see a promo in which somebody painted The Undertaker as a coward? No. Never. Do you think, even though we know it's storyline and that Taker's going to accept the challenge and all that, do you think it, it makes any sense that... They would allow John Cena, assuming that he didn't go into business for himself, because I don't think Cena would do that. Do you think it makes sense that they would allow John Cena to go out there and paint The Undertaker as a coward?
0: Yeah, Cena only goes into business for himself when beach balls are involved. So no, I think, I think everybody involved knows what's going on.
3: How would, do you think The Undertaker would feel uh, watching Raw and seeing John Cena accuse him of being a coward?
0: If he didn't know about it, I think that he would be kind of livid based on the respect that he has earned over the last three decades. I thought it
3: was uh, the wrong direction to go in, and I was very surprised that Cena actually used those words. Now, I want to ask you this, and I've I've heard this a couple of times, and uh, funny enough, uh, uh, the guy, guy by the name of Second of Mike that works at Second Cup, which is a coffee shop here in Toronto that I go to, he's a big wrestling guy. And he reminded me of this yesterday, so I wanted to mention this on the show. Uh, you know how Taker last year at Mania, he left the gloves and the hat in the ring. Yes. And you know how at WrestleMania this year, Kid Rock's going to be there because he's going in the Hall of Fame. Kid Rock, we talked about this on the Monday show. I haven't seen the Monday show yet, Sean.
0: Alex literally brings us up every every
3: fucking week. You I didn't know. Stop talking about it. Well, I didn't know, but now we're going to talk about it. Do you <laughs> think they're going to do the American Badass character for The Undertaker?
0: So I've got a, actually I've got a video on the back end of our YouTube that is set for this weekend from our RAW show, and there was a poll that Wade Keller put up of PW Torch that said, "What Undertaker do you want to see?" And there was Dead Man, American Badass, no preference, or either one. Is there anything else Ameri- that he's
3: done? Not really. eh? Just the different colors.
0: You know, maybe like the Satanic type of deal. And yeah. American Badass won. By far, 48% really? of total vote. I hope they do because based on his hip surgery, I think that's a more realistic style for him as well, the punches. I mean, I, in my opinion, Undertaker revolutionized selling punches in WWE because before then it was throw your hands down and take it and do this. Then Undertaker yeah. started to cover up yeah. in the corner, yeah. would roll out. He understood things. He was an MMA fan. Yep. Yeah. I hope they go that route. I, I want to see a more humanized Undertaker. However, we didn't really see that at Raw 25. Although mm-hmm. we did see Undertaker, not with the things that he left in the ring. Because as Alex pointed out, he left that shit in the ring. Do you
3: th- badass Taker? Aside from yeah, I get it that he was more human and all that. His style was more or less the same though. No, I mean I, I realized that he did the punches, but he still flew over the top rope and did all that stuff.
0: Yeah, here and there. At Big Evil, it definitely changed. But, I mean, you could kind of run the Big Evil and the American Badass together. Because when he was Big Evil, he wasn't doing a lot of that stuff. He got got heavy during that period. The main thing I remember being different was the last ride. Yeah, and, man... Uh, as long as they don't set it up with the stupid corner punches into it. They always it, where, do that. With they his arms always. inside, telegraphed. It's yep. like, okay, why don't you go try to powerbomb Billy Kidman while you're at it? See how that works out for every you. Every Triple
3: H match, that was the finish. Yep. Of every Triple H. And you're right. I, I, I was thinking that, too. Well, it's interesting. I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, last week on the show, I talked about how the Hall of Fame announcements. WWE was feeding each one to a different outlet because they yeah. used the Hall of Fame for mainstream... Uh, reasons to to get press. And so every single guy, either it was Bleacher Report or ESPN or CBS or NBC Sports, every single one, this week they claimed that the Mark Henry induction into the Hall of Fame for this year was broken by USA Today. They managed to find another outlet that they claimed broke the story, even though, once again, it was not actually broken by USA Today. This one was actually broken by WWE in their their own WrestleMania magazine that they released and published prior to the announcement coming out. That's what really happened, but they claimed it was USA Today.
0: Yeah, Uh, maybe don't leak that stuff before it's ready to go. That wasn't a leak. They released the fucking magazine. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, so, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. i got a hold of some WWE scripts this week by the way oh
3: i was gonna ask you about that look at this, shot i don't know if you can see this i actually wrote because i forgot to, to write it down uh earlier on the bottom of this page right there yeah
0: i put the word script because i wanted <laughs> yeah. to ask
3: you about that so what happened yeah. with that
0: yeah i got a hold of some WWE scripts one from last night before the things went on the air that's why i posted on twitter at sean ross app give me a follow. Uh, what was going to happen, essentially. Yeah. Now, what WWE does in this this instance, they'll put the format, but they don't put exactly what's going to happen. They don't right. put, like, Daniel Bryan getting attacked by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for that reason. But, uh, to be honest, I was just pissy about JBL and saying, all these insiders get fed uh, BS. Yeah, uh, do we? The Meltzer Thanks. thing, yeah. 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 He really went after Meltzer pain. hard.
3: Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. I you know JBL is one of my favorite performers in the history of the business. So, I love talking about JBL. Really? Love talking about JBL. <laughs> so, well, you know, I
0: I've, I've got another script I'm probably going to leak, but it's from January. So, okay, all right. So, you know I love talking about great business decisions
3: in uh, pro wrestling. Yeah. And uh, how can you not then talk about Lucha?
0: Oh boy.
3: So, I hope that anybody listening to this podcast or anybody watching this on video who was thinking of investing in Errolucha, I hope that my words will prevent you from hitting that submit button on the crowdfunding page. So please listen to me for two minutes before you decide to invest in this thing. So Jason- Invest in
0: Fightful instead.
3: Jason, yeah, Jason Brown, who's one of the co-founders of Errolucha, along with Ron and Don Harris, he did an interview with The Tennessean, uh, which is obviously a publication, and he announced that they're launching a crowdfunding campaign. Their pitch, is that wrestling fans can buy a minority interest in the Arrow Lucha promotion. That's their pitch. And you know what they do in order to get people interested? Rey Mysterio bought in. Yeah. Because that's how they, they try to get people, even though what I... What like, you give
0: him 100 bucks?
3: I was going to say, I bet you money Rey Mysterio was given whatever stake he has. And did, did not spend any money. But they're claiming Rey Mysterio bought in, they're claiming Conan bought in, uh, and they released this thing. They ho- they're hoping to raise a million dollars, and the thing that really kills me is that their pre-money valuation is nine point four eight million, Sean?
0: <laughs>
2: their pre-money <laughs>
3: valuation is nine point four eight million dollars.
0: Well, Jimmy, if there's anything that we've found out over the past year year and a half, there are some other wrestling properties that have their valuations that are not on the level. Am I right? Let me tell you something.
3: If Errolucha, which has one old taping in the can, a few house shows that drew 400 people, and that's it. If Errolucha is worth $9.48 million, my company is worth $137 billion, Sean. All right. (laughs)
0: And that's just new age number. That's just new age number. Yeah. <laughs> new age number. Yeah. New age number. Now,
3: the last I checked, I, I last checked uh, this, this, uh, late this morning, March 21st, they had raised uh, $51,342 off nine investors, but one of them put in 50 grand.
0: Oh, boy. So if you
3: take out the one guy that put in 50 grand, eight people had invested 1342 bucks, And it would not surprise me if that 50 grand came from one of the current owners, in order to try to bolster the crowdfunding, because it wasn't, yeah. probably wasn't doing what they thought it would do. Anybody that is thinking, I want to invest in this thing because I want to be in business with Rey Mysterio Jr., because people think like that, stay the fuck away.
0: Because I, you I'm are not, not going to make anything off of this I'm thing. I'm not joking. If somebody just plopped down $50,000 in Fightful, we'd be, be able to run quicker, a profitable show than Aerolucha. I don't doubt that at all.
3: Sure. I mean, if you saw my media spend for the last two years, Sean. (laughs) I'm not privy to that information. (laughs) (laughs) But this is, this is, I understand Errol position, obviously, because they're going to get money out of this. They're going to get funding out of this. Uh, From a fan's perspective, this thing is worth nothing. It's worth nothing. All right. It's very much like Global Force Wrestling. They have a TV, they have a TV taping in the can. They don't have any talent under exclusive contract. They don't have a TV deal. They have nothing. It is not worth $9.48 million. And the fact that they're trying to claim that that's their valuation is a joke. Do not spend any money on this thing. All right, Take your money. Go buy some uh, action figures from Mattel or something. Do not spend money investing in Aerialucha because you're not going to get your money back. My
0: opinion. Oh, yeah. So the, the Aerolucha thing, by the way, I don't, they don't have a season in the can. It's the pilot. They have the pilot the pilot, right, 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 right. And, like, there were rumors, you know, Vince, Vince had worked with them, Vince Russo, and Shane Helms had done some work with them. But a lot of people think that Vince has contracted them. He's not. He's, he's just there for the pilot uh, and said that once they get a TV deal, he'll make it work. Uh, somebody that does have a TV deal... It's New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I spoke to Jay White about his upcoming match this Sunday as Strong Style Evolved. By the way, post-show right after that here at Fightful. Take a listen. You're a part of this big angle now, and you've got a match with Adam Page, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the Switchblade deal, how did you find out that New Japan had these big plans for you?
4: Uh, they just got—they told me, uh, when would it have been? Would it have been... I think it was probably May last year uh, that they're gonna bring me back at some point, and I got given the a very basic idea of of what they wanted me to do, and then it was kind of left down to myself. To they gave me a different name, but we came back and put uh, switchblade to them. I had a bit of ring to it, and and then in terms of costume and what I what I wear and how I talk and what I do. That's very much up to myself to just come up with over time. Um, So yeah, they just kind of gave me, gave me an idea and let me run with it.
0: So during that period, obviously there is is a bit of a a marriage between Ring of Honor and New Japan. You're still appearing for Ring of Honor while you know that this is is going on. Was there anything that maybe they, they recommended to you to get done or work on during your, your Ring of Honor run that, that you needed to touch on?
4: uh not in particular i don't think uh we we kind of when i was talking with guys like uh, alex shelley about it we we kind of agreed that my style at times was similar to what it was going to be anyway so it wasn't going to be too much of a drastic change in terms of what i uh physically do inside the ring um but other than that there wasn't anything specifically that said hey work on this or hey please do this
0: You've been pretty much a fixture on these Ring of Honor New Japan shows and even the New Japan show uh, shows in Long Beach. What were your impressions of that United States debut for New Japan? Because we, we've seen a lot of people, specifically guys in the Bullet Club, who said that they should have just went went for the, the bigger arenas and things like that. As as opposed to, not, I wouldn't call it a small arena that you all are, are working Sunday, but um, maybe be more aggressive.
4: I mean, yeah, it would be awesome if they'd done uh, done bigger ones, but it's just it's just one step at a time, you know. I, don't, I think uh, I don't think they quite realise how popular New Japan is in the states, um, and I can see why they went for the again. It's still five thousand people, so it's still good, but uh, I can see why they're going for that. You know, they'd, they'd rather do that and sell it out than take a big one and then um, have a bunch of empty seats there, I guess. Um, but these big arenas will come. I'm sure the next one will be bigger, and we'll just keep going from there. Um, the way that this has worked out, sold out in like record time. I think it shows them that they can definitely book bigger arenas and they'll, they'll still sell out. Especially with the guys that are on the show. Uh, New Japan is just the hottest thing going these days. Uh, the matches, the wrestlers themselves. Uh, yeah, people people just want to see it. So uh, very exciting for for what will be next and how many people will get into the next venue.
2: Really, and we're back.
0: Not a ton of buzz for this strong style of all show. As I mentioned, Access didn't even know who they could offer to me because they hadn't announced anything. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, some of the bigger matches are very interesting. Jushin Thunder Liger versus Rey Mysterio. <clears throat> the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers. That's going to be a really, really good match. But uh, not a lot announced so far, but we will be here Sunday night live for the post-show uh, as always. And then there's full speed ahead to WrestleMania weekend. That's quite a, quite a busy... Few weeks for Ring of Honor New Japan too because they have the Sakura Genesis show the weekend after this one and then the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor show going head to head with NXT busy what you, time. What do you think the odds are? Y2J is on the show this weekend. I thought that he was just going to be. I mean, maybe he'll be there as a surprise because you know he likes to do that. And, and it's, it's
3: going to be airing live on Access,
0: right? It's going to be airing so live could. on Access. They and could. he loves he loves to surprise people mm-hmm. and. They had already sold out the show, yeah. so I mean, unless they wanted to pop a rating, there was no reason to announce him, and I, from what I looked a couple weeks ago, he had a gap in his touring schedule. Yep. Now, uh, I hear that they're looking to do another U.S. show in July at the Cow Palace. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing. It's not finalized or anything, yeah. but that's what I have heard, and I think the July show is going to be a tradition for them. Okay.
3: I mean, the Cow Palace, San Francisco, that's Roy Shire's old stomping grounds with Pat Patterson. And it's a big yeah. – that's a big venue. That's bigger than the one in Long Beach.
0: Well, the, the benefit is they're, they're sold, they sold out 5000 before they announced anything. Right, right. And, I mean, the fact that they sold out and they – like I said, they don't have anything announced right now. Yep. yep, They could come back and do that. The irony of that is, is the all-in show, the goal of that was to get 10000 New Japan might do that first. Yep, yep. A couple more things before we get to some listener questions.
3: First off, uh, Roman Reigns was on Pete Rosenberg's podcast – and oh boy! He, he said, if Brock Lesnar throws two real shots at me, I'll throw three right back. What do you think? How do you think that would work
0: out? I think that he would probably do it, and then he would get dumped on his head, and Brock would say, quote, slow the fuck down, end quote, like he did with a guy named Braun Strowman. And yeah, he Roman, punched him in the side of the head.
3: Roman tried to claim that because he played football since childhood that he has that physical aspect to his game. I think Brock would wallop him if, yeah. he, if he tried to stiff Brock now granted Brock's cool with receipts and stuff like that mm-hmm. but if if Roman were to decide to hit him once or twice more because he thinks that that's what you do kind of thing I think he'd get dummy pretty quick oh yeah you mentioned Dave Batista earlier so he did a and a on on uh, the Facebook page for a UK-based clothing store called Faces of Wrestling he was asked again about returning to WWE and it just boggles the mind that they haven't jumped on this so he was asked again by a fan about returning to WWE. He said that he's still vocal about it. He said that he uh, still wants to go back. And he said that he hasn't accepted an invite to, uh, into the Hall of Fame because he feels his wrestling career isn't over. Vince McMahon, Triple H, you'll never hear this. You'll never see this. I don't care. What the fuck are you doing? Get that guy back on your show, so man. weird, man. He's
0: a major movie star at it's, this point.
3: I, I realize that, again, because we've talked about that WrestleMania press conference. And Batista's been pretty uh, vocal about creative and about how things are at TV now and about word-for-word promos and all of that. I can see Vince and Hunter maybe saying, ah, he's not worth the ha- the-, the trouble. But, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he this is. Isn't,
0: this isn't the guy who was in Wrong Side of Town with Viscera and Rob Van Dam eight years
3: ago.
0: <laughs> he is in Escape Plan. He is in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in Blade Runner. He's in all the, all this stuff. Like, he was in... Uh, Spectre. He was in a lot of really big movies. Okay, do really? you have do you have his IMD page bookmarked? No, I just remember the <laughs> movies he was in. You, know, you were reading it. that off. You went to his IMD page. No, if I went to his IMDb page, I'd be saying Marauders, and
2: Heist, <laughs> and L.A. Slasher,
0: <laughs> and Final Score, that he appeared in Smallville back in the day, strip Tank. Maybe the episode titled Short Change. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he, that he was in the web series, the hashtag show for two episodes. He pulled Dr. that up a- so gosh. fast, Nigel. He pulled that up so fast. <laughs> he definitely has got Dave Batista
3: bookmarked on the top of the browser. For sure. <laughs> Let's get to some listener questions. This first one, this is a good one, Sean. This is from Megatroller. The question is... Oh, that's,
0: that's fucking promising. Well, it's actually a good question, Sean.
3: <laughs> Troller said, If SRS could hit Jimmy Van with one wrestling finisher, what would it be and vice versa? Now, what was that? Sorry. If SRS <laughs> could hit Jimmy Van with one wrestling finisher, what would it be and vice versa? Meaning, what finisher would oh, I hit my, you
0: with? My finisher is the Impaler DDT, now known as the Glorious DDT. That's what I would use. That'd be the move. Yeah. Now,
3: even though I'm not 500 pounds, I think it'd be a lot of fun to do the bonsai drop.
0: <laughs>
3: so i'm good. picking the bonsai drop as a finish right hit you wouldn't
0: want to do that
3: it'd be good yeah
0: this you next know who one, i think should do that move who's that cheeseburger
3: oh could that be it has he ever
0: i don't think so but he should do it or ellsworth should do it somebody like really somebody should do the yeah. bonsai drop
3: i kind of wonder if they're going to go with that in that direction with nia Jax. what with bonsai drop she's
0: already doing the leg drop yeah, i wouldn't trust it
3: yeah yeah this next one's from the advocate at the ace of knave seven He said, what is the most protected move in WWE? In my opinion, the top three are End of Days, Dirty Deeds, and Alexa's DDT. All three superstars make sure they never use the move unless they're finishing someone. So I've got two points I want to make. The first point is that those names specifically, uh, Baron Corbin, Dean Ambrose maybe is questionable because he was the champion, but Baron Corbin and Alexa Bliss, they've never been allotted the kind of time in a big match, the guys like AJ Styles and John Cena have been allotted. And that is the reason, in my opinion, they haven't done false finishes with end of days or they haven't had the opponent use end of days. Because Baron Corbin's never been given 25 minutes in a match. Uh, That's my first point. The second point is, I think the F5, at least lately, is the most protective move in pro wrestling. Because not only has Brock finished the guy as soon as he hits it, no one is ripping off the F5. You don't see him in the ring with anybody ripping off the F5. So, I think the F5 is the most protective move in wrestling now. Maybe the Tombstone. But we've seen guys kick out of the Tombstone. Yeah. No one is kicking out of the F5 these days. So, I th- until Roman Reigns does it at WrestleMania, because he <laughs> will. He will. But otherwise,
0: you don't uh, see. It. I don't see a lot of guys kicking out of a Swanton bomb, like ever. Usually, they, they get pinned after that. The Oscar lock, there's not usually. Once it's locked in, that's pretty much a wrap. And it, probably end of days, because even in NXT, when he had, like, some more lengthy matches I've just never seen anybody kick out of it, nobody should Mm -hmm. okay, this last
3: one uh, and this is going to get interesting, and this is where Sean you and I are sometimes too honest for our own good, Uh, but we're going to talk about it anyway, now I'm going to just give a high level comment on it, because I don't know as much as you do, and then you can say what you want, so Graham Williams asks us this question is the Ryan Satin-Vince Russo situation something you discuss on the list on your boy as you've worked with Vince a number of times I thought your perspectives would be interesting so let me just say this. I'm cool with Vince Russo, and I'm cool with Ryan Satin. And as far as I know, they're both cool with me. I've talked to both of them, and I think they're cool with me. I haven't talked to them about this situation, but I've just talked to them in general. Um, I will say this. We are working on a premium service. We'll give more information about it when we have it ready, but we're working on a premium service. We reached out to Vince Russo, or Sean Rossap, reached out to Vince Russo to be a part of this premium service, and they did a taping. Uh, this week, as a matter of fact, to be included in that Patreon service. Yesterday, I found out about uh, Russo's thing on his podcast, talking about Ryan Satin, putting up stuff about Ryan Satin's girlfriend. And I told Sean, at least for now, to, uh, to uh, uh, put that taping on the back burner and to not use it. Now... Um, again, you can go into detail. I don't know where the heat comes from between those two guys, and I don't really care. I know Ryan Satin initially, from what I had heard, accused Russo of uh, of uh, death threats against his girlfriend. I listened to the clip on Russo's podcast. Russo didn't do anything of the sort. What it was apparently was fans of Vince Russo in the comments uh, making derogatory comments about Ryan Satin's girlfriend. And you cannot stop that. I mean, we've had guys say shit about us in the comments because that's the nature of the internet. There's really nothing you can do. I don't think it's fair for Ryan Satin to blame Vince Russo for that. Um, but you tell me what you think about the whole situation.
0: Well, I like them both, per- both personally. And Vince has tried to justify some of his audience going after Ryan's girlfriend as them being a comedy show. But my personal thing is I leave people's I, – I, I don't. if I've got an issue with somebody that I'm airing a grievance with – I don't bother with their family. Agree. Their girlfriend, their wife. It's just not not fun. I like, might
3: talk about your cats, but uh, I won't say anything about game, your wife. Fair game. Fair yeah. game.
0: I. It's just not my style of doing it. And I like Ryan a lot. Yeah. I, I like Vince a lot personally. I, I like filming stuff with him, mm-hmm. but it's just just not the way that I would go about it. But I, I hope they fix it because I do experience. I mean, I I'm on good terms with Vince, and I still experience some of his fans that get a little. Uh, get a little rowdy and I mean you'll have that but why is there heat? why is there heat between vince and ryan i'm not sure i've I've never really went that far i just know there has been for a while but i know they used to be on good terms too okay okay like now i'm I'm pretty sure they used to be on each other's shows here and there i'll tell you something funny so earlier on i was telling
3: nigel about this and you surprisingly knew more about it than i thought you would and uh, Nigel made a comment about, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because they're involved with TMZ or something, because TMZ is not pretty notorious are. for tro- No, I know, but they were, because TMZ is notorious for trolling. And mm-hmm. uh, and I told Nigel, uh, the girlfriend especially didn't say anything, didn't, is not part of anything. And Vince just decided to put up some photos on his podcast showing Ryan and the girlfriend together. Uh, but whatever I, I know that russo calls him yeah. douchebag on the show and stuff like that i to me it's very much like the cornet russo thing and then i think part of it is done for the purpose of getting attention because mm-hmm. russo with all due respect to him and he's a good guy and he's always been cool with me and everything he hasn't been relevant in many years in pro wrestling and so you have to do things like this in order to stay in the public eye and i don't mean that in a disrespectful way i'm just telling it like it is you have to do things like this to stay in the public eye and so i wondered if that's kind of the
0: catalyst for him doing it because he knows that people are going to talk about it. Well, I mean, people love our filmings together. I've had a lot of people that maybe had negative perceptions of Vince and maybe had negative perceptions of me that when we work together, they change that because when Vince and I talk, it's wrestling. Hmm. That's it. It's just wrestling and a lot of times it's stuff he doesn't like, but what I like to do is ask him things that he's never been asked before or very rarely is and because of that, we we have some uh, some good chemistry on shows like that and I just hope this situation ends because I really like everybody involved and the few times I've interacted with Ryan's girlfriend she's been nothing but nice on Twitter so yeah and Ryan's been I, I cool to me too I don't know Ryan well but we've talked a few times and he's, he's fine he's been he's yeah been cool I, him, I just so. I just hope that situation gets resolved because I, I hate that it's a couple of adults and hopefully it's eventually handled the right way there you go that's all I got for my list this week man well, on my list, we have some a lot of stuff coming up this week. I have some articles coming out of the Hangman page and Jay White interviews. Uh, I'll be doing that NXT, New Japan, Ring of Honor show that I've been doing in the midweek. May end up on our premium service, still talking about that. But tonight, the uh, additional parts of those interviews will air on that show. I'll talk a little bit about New Japan, about this week's 205 Live and NXT after it's out. I don't have a set time for that show It's whenever I get to kind of take NXT in is uh, when I do that. But anybody that's watching this shit, are you doing? Anybody that's
3: watching this that wants a teaser about the premium service, if you want a teaser,
0: this is the the worst idea. I I have actively campaigned against this idea. (laughs) Just so you all know, in the group chat with our tech team, I have repeatedly said how pretentious I feel. This is, but whatever. Also, this weekend I have a fightful alternate commentary coming out. It is the WWF WrestleMania 2000 Hardcore Battle Royal. Myself and Anna Bauert. We have MMA pros yeah. picks for UFC 223. Aaron Haydn takes a look at the Ultimate Deletion. Jason Kincaid, one of our great writers who can be found in Evolve Wrestling, has a Q and A on how to get started in pro wrestling. You look so proud of yourself, Jimmy. <laughs> That's how I feel when I look at the amount that you pay me. Any of our audio what? listeners, what? any I'm of our, this much work
3: for this, any of our audio listeners, you're going to have to check out the YouTube video in order to see what the hell just happened over the last 30 seconds. Yeah. You can't this, this is a teaser of things to come right here. God, what are we even doing? It's gonna be fun. What, are, what is this? It's gonna be successful and fun.
0: I'm sure it'll be successful. And fun. I mean, I mean, I've seen successful ventures with, with far less than the, the great stuff they get at fightfulwrestling.com. There you go. My God. Until next time, guys, follow us at Fightful Online, cross platform. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, hit that little bell on our YouTube. Get your notifications when this stuff starts. <laughs> Until next time, I'm booking this Fightful Mania Nigel versus Trevor Strong. The next matchup announced. We're out.